$1.9 trillion. That's the amount of the new stimulus bill passed by the U.S. Congress this week and will be signed into law by President Biden. This huge amount of aid includes over $25 billion targeted especially for small restaurants hit hard by the pandemic. Small businesses were also the focus of the $284 billion in new PPP loans approved earlier in 2021. And to disperse this tsunami of cash to small business? Guess who the U.S. government is relying on? The answer is the biggest U.S. banks. In this edition of the Commerce Code, big banks step up to help small business. I'm Silvio Tavares here in San Francisco on March the 12th, and this is Commerce Code, brought to you by DCA, the Digital Commerce Alliance. It's great to be with you. Yes, it's finally here. What will probably be the final installment of big stimulus spending by the U.S. government to combat the pandemic. Uncle Sam has never in its history spent this much money to stimulate the economy in such a short amount of time. It's also never before spent this much to prop up specifically small business. The $1.9 trillion in spending of the latest installment of stimulus far outstrips what was spent in the last recession in 2008, when much of the bailout money went actually directly to big banks. But this time, it's really different. This time, most U.S. big banks are part of the solution, not the problem. Banks have stepped up in a big way to help small merchants who've been absolutely devastated by the pandemic. Most of those Paycheck Protection Program loan applications were processed and also dispersed by big banks, including Bank of America, Chase, and Wells Fargo. Bank of America in particular is the second largest lender in the U.S. for PPP loans this year. But what many observers have not completely realized is the extent to which Bank of America has also invested in other technologies to help small business. Today on the show, we go to Charlotte, North Carolina. That's the largest operational center for Bank of America. And we're going to learn more about the many ways one of the biggest banks in the USA is stepping up to use technology to help small business. Victoria Dravnik is Senior Vice President of Personalization and Loyalty Strategy at Bank of America. We discuss how B of A is using its industry-leading card-linked offer program called Bank of Deals, as well as numerous other technologies to help small business survive and thrive through the pandemic. Good morning, Victoria. How are you? Great. How are you doing, Silvio? I'm doing great. It's not the usual sunny day here in San Francisco. We've got clouds today, but, you know, we don't mind having a little bit of rain. Victoria, where are you speaking to us from? I'm out of Charlotte, North Carolina. So we have a nice sunny day here. A few birds singing. Right, right. And Charlotte is, of course, one of the, in fact, I think it's the biggest operational base for Bank of America. Is that right? Yes, it is. Bank of America has two main types of clients, consumers on the one hand, but you also serve businesses and specifically merchants. Merchants have been hit really hard by the pandemic in 2020 and also in 2021. And right now they all need help. How is Bank of America using its technology to help merchants find the right consumer at the right time? 
The pandemic has had a huge impact on everyone, especially small and medium-sized businesses. From a Bank of America deals perspective, our merchant mix definitely shifted over time. You know, we, we had a lot of travel, we had a lot of in-person shopping and restaurants. It's really more online, more home-based activity, meal delivery, things of that nature. And we saw the businesses really shift too. It really followed the changing lives of our customers. You know, our current targeting is based primarily on customer spend activity but we're quickly pivoting to include new variables. And this is going to provide our merchants with an audience that's much more likely to need their services and much more likely to buy. I mean, you think about when a person first buys a house, they spend a lot on home improvement. Another thing we've done that's going into production as we speak is expanding our Bank of America deals offering with clients. So we've partnered with Agio Fig, which is going to double our offer volume, and it's going to provide more local offers, which really helps those small and medium-sized businesses and helps connect our consumer customers customers with small and medium-sized businesses. Really interesting in terms of the ways Bank of America is helping both merchants and consumers engage with the bank, but actually help each other. It works so well, the Bank of America card-linked offer program, Bank of America deals, that it's not just other big banks, but actually some of the biggest tech companies in the world have done it too, like Google with Google Pay and Apple using its Apple card. How does Bank of America look at those offerings, particularly from those other big tech companies like Google and Apple, and there are many more? Are these companies potential partners for Bank of America or are they competitors to Bank of America? You're so right on that point. You know, when I came into the Bank of America deals program, one of the early things that we've done is we commissioned a full competitive analysis. And uh, one had not previously been done because there really weren't a lot of companies or financial institutions out there in the past who had done something like we're doing. But now all of the financial institutions are doing it and a number of fintechs are doing it. And, you know, the short answer to your question is it's a very complex ecosystem. Like many financial institutions out there, we do partner with Googles and Apples of the world on things like mobile wallets. We also do other institutional business with Apple where we provide banking and other products to their employees. At the same time, we do compete with them when it comes to credit cards like the Apple card and on card like offers. We have enormous respect for these partners and great partnerships with them. I think the difference really when it comes to Bank of America is that we can actually care for that entire relationship. So we can care for the client's entire financial picture and, and not just pieces of it. And I think there's great value in that. And Bank of America is one of the largest banks in the U.S. You were also a pioneer and the first company to use data to match consumers with merchants when you launched Bank of America deals over eight years ago. Now, most of the other major card issuers and banks have copied the Bank of America example. Chase, Wells Fargo, PNC, they all have card-linked offer programs. What are some of the new ways B of A is using data to personalize the bank for consumers? So as a company, Bank of America's purpose is to help make our clients' financial lives better through the power of every connection. So to successfully do this, we have to know our client, and then we need to be able to empower them to get there. So our ultimate goal is to be able to have a one-to-one -one connection with our clients, no matter what channel they choose to interact with us in. Now, that sentiment has been driving a technological evolution in our company, and we're steadily building out capabilities that will enable that individual connection at scale, and at scale is key. 
But we're putting capabilities in place to use our incredible data stores to build out the necessary logic and artificial intelligence to deliver those orchestrated messages to our clients across channels. We want to be able to have individualized, contextually relevant interactions with our clients, whether that's for servicing, education, advice, rewards, and so on. So a few of the more recent launches that I'm really excited about are LifePlan. And LifePlan is a new tool where our clients can set and track their near and long-term goals based on the things that actually matter to them, like their family, their health, travel, and of course, finances and future planning. So we launched the LifePlan capability in Q4 of last year, and so far, over 2 million people have completed their LifePlan. Also, we spent last year getting all of our rewards data into a usable state so we could present it to our customers in the form of reactive and proactive insights through our virtual assistant, Erica. So now, when you have rewards to redeem, available Make America deals, or preferred rewards, we'll tell you. And we'll let you know how much you've earned. You don't have to look for it. We're going to bring it to you. So soon, we'll be able to offer Bank of America deals based not only on your spend activity, but also based on what matters to you in, in your life plan. Based on that, we can gather a package of offers of Bank of America deals of things from our merchants that might be percentage off, they might be a free item, et cetera. And we can deliver that to our clients as a welcoming gift. That's really fascinating. And it really sounds like Bank of America is investing quite a lot in data personalization and more generally digital engagement for consumers. You call them clients. Now, consumers have all been shifting to interacting with their banks primarily online. That's in part because of the pandemic, people feeling less comfortable about going in person to bank branches. But also it's kind of a long-term secular trend, kind of away from in-person interactions to doing everything everything online. Now, as you roll out all these new personalization offerings that you talked about, how is that all going to impact how consumers experience Bank of America on digital platforms? Good question. What I've seen happening over the past few years is that everything is becoming more digital. And last year with the pandemic, it just accelerated the journey. You know, at Bank of America, we've been putting most of our eggs in the digital basket for a long time now. We've been investing, you know, as you mentioned, large amounts in our digital capabilities. And really, they're, they're second to none. And we're very proud of that. At this point, there's very little that you can't do through our digital experience. You know, you can have a virtual visit with your financial advisor, which you couldn't do a year ago. You can deposit checks, you can transfer money, you can buy a house, you can invest. And we're adding new capabilities abilities every day. Part of that also is this ecosystem I mentioned, this individualization ecosystem, right? There's an internal infrastructure that's feeding, right now a lot of what it's feeding is Erica, and I'll talk more about that, but it's feeding our digital experience. It's going to feed our financial center experience. It's going to feed really all of the experiences. One of the big things we're doing as part of that strategy from a mobile perspective is we're collapsing down all of our capabilities within our various apps for different segments. So our clients with multifaceted relationships don't have to go to different apps in different places to complete their banking activity. And really, you can see everything in one place. So for example, now in our Bank of America app, you can actually see your trade activity from Merrill Edge. So it's great what we see happening. Yeah, I want to drill down on that a little bit, you know, because I'm definitely one of those people that is very digital. I try to do everything digital. But, you know, on occasion, I do have to go down to my Bank of America branch, my local one, if I have to access something in my safety deposit box, for example. 
And one of the things I really like is when that happens, the branch manager knows me by name and he says, hello, Silvio, and are you here to open your safety deposit box? As you think about the future and you roll out this new digital assistant that you mentioned, I think it was rolled out maybe a couple of years ago, Erica, how will you use Erica to kind of create that context of personalization, but digitally? Because now Erica actually knows maybe even more than my local branch manager knows about me because she has access to so much more data. How will you use that to create that one-to-one experience with your consumers? Erica really is the tip of the spear when it comes to how we're bringing personalization to life for our clients. The adoption since we rolled it out in 2018 has been really impressive. We now have over 17 million users who've logged 1.4 million in chat hours with customers last year. We brought on an additional 6.4 million during the pandemic. The beauty of Erica and what we're seeing in Erica is the same AI, the same engine that drives Erica. That data is going to be available across all of our channels eventually. And so your financial center person that you go see, they're going to know a lot of the same stuff that, that Erica knows today. And you can talk to Erica, you can talk to you know a financial advisor, a relationship manager, financial center manager, and that information is going to be available. And we're going to be able to really meet your needs and service you better. There's a, a new feature called Spend Path, where Erica monitors your spend activity to determine if you're spending more or less than usual. So if your balance is trending down, she'll let you know so you can adjust your spending. If you have a surplus, she might suggest you put money to work for you in a savings account or a 529 account. And last year, Erica became the voice of help for our mobile app. And that might sound like a small thing, but it means that Erica can now answer just about any question you have about your banking relationship with us. And she just keeps getting smarter with every interaction. So we're just getting started with all of this, really. There's a lot you see in Erica, but there's so much more coming and we're really excited about the future. Very exciting, Victoria, and I admire your personal restraint in not naming Erica Victoria, because you could have easily done that, Um, but (laughs) shows you're not a very self-indulgent person. Victoria, you are the Senior Vice President of Personalization and Loyalty Strategy for Bank of America. What does that mean? Like, what What are your responsibilities at Bank of America? So as the head of personalization and loyalty strategy, I kind of have a multitude of things that I'm aligned to. So when it comes to personalization, it really is the enterprise personalization strategy, really from a platform perspective, working with all of the various groups across the enterprise, really to connect the dots as we're developing our new personalization ecosystem. When it comes to loyalty strategy, really in practical terms, I do lead the Bank Ameri-Deals program at Bank of America, and I also lead a platform where we're developing new rewards programs that we'll be launching soon. Really awesome to hear all of the exciting developments, both things that have happened in the past year at Bank of America, but also just the exciting road ahead. Thank you for sharing those developments with us on Commerce Code today. Thank you so much for having me today. That's Victoria Dravnik. She's the Senior Vice President of Personalization and Loyalty Strategy for Bank of America, talking to us from Charlotte. Coming right up, some closing thoughts on small business and big stimulus. One of the key and enduring commerce trends of 2021 is consumers making a pivot to shopping small. This trend really runs counter to what we've been seeing over the past decade as consumers moved more and more of their spending to the biggest retailers, including Amazon and Walmart. Before the pandemic started, Amazon already controlled an estimated 50% of all U.S. e-commerce spending. But consumers are now rethinking whether bigger is always better. 
all over the U.S. and around the world, shoppers are flocking back to small businesses to help prop up their local merchants. These include local independent restaurants, hair salons, bodegas, mom and pop florists, and the like. All over the world, governments and civic groups are encouraging people to shop local and shop small. And as this movement has gained steam, a funny thing happened. Even the biggest companies realized that it was in their interest to help keep the little guys afloat. That's because small businesses employ over 60 million Americans, representing 47% of the U.S. private non-government workforce. So as it turns out, small business is really a big part of the U.S. economy. And if you want to learn more about how big tech and big banks are using their know-how to help small business, check out our website at www.digcomall.org. That's www.digcomall.org. For the Digital Commerce Alliance, take care of yourself and take care of each other. God bless you. This is Silvio Tavares signing off. 